Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Just then the lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell into the hand of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave it, back, gave it to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of the, these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Invite our children up. The Shema. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. According to Deuteronomy 6, 4-9, it was to be, this Shema, this verse, was to be repeated twice a day. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The lawyer in this story attempts to acparasio or tempt, test Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life? The lawyer is an expert in religious law. This man makes a living by reading the Torah and delivering his opinion as to what is written. He knows the answer to his question. He is asking Jesus. One has to wonder, was the lawyer testing Jesus to see whether he would give the answer the lawyer was expecting? Or was he tempting Jesus to fully reveal himself? as Jesus was fully revealed on the mountain of transfiguration. The lawyer is challenging Jesus' honor, but Jesus, who is also an expert in the law, challenges the lawyers with his own question. Isn't the answer to your question written in scriptures? And are you not an expert in the scriptures? How do you read it? Jesus knows that this question is a hot-button question of the time. It has been debated for generations by lawyers, and there is no simple answer. 
the lawyer gives the answer he has probably given whenever he has been asked the same question. He quotes the Shema, and it is a very powerful, good answer. The lawyer's answer plants the flag of God's sovereignty over the whole of one's life. God's claim on us reaches to every area of our experience, to our innermost being, our heart, our lives, what gives our individual identity, our soul, our energy, our strength, our resolve, our resource, our might, and our understanding and intellectual capability, capacities, our minds. No part of ourselves is to be withheld from God. The lawyer gets it right, but notice what Jesus says about his answer. Do this and you will live. See, there was a belief at the time by some Pharisees and others that it was more important just to think about the laws, to think about Torah, than to actually do them, to actually live them out, to live Torah out. It is not clear that this lawyer believed this, but Jesus puts an end to this philosophy. He says, do this and you will live. Eternal life is found not just in knowing the commandments, but in doing them. Those who live rightly ordered lives now, living out their love for God, others, and self, so that they have been touched by the kingdom of God. They will have the capacity to receive the promised inheritance, life and fellowship with God and others in the age to come. Because in the age to come, care for others will be the norm. Kingdom of God breaks into our daily life whenever we show the love of God to those around us. The kingdom of God will be fully known when we no longer put our needs when we no longer put our needs before the needs of others. The needs of the poor, the needs of the last, the lost, the least, the little, the lifeless will become our main priority and focus in life, in eternal life. Jesus has forced the lawyer to answer his own question, and that annoys the lawyer. The lawyer feels the need to, to justify himself and ask a follow-up question to Jesus. And who is my neighbor? Now it's Jesus' turn to put a definitive answer on the man's question. Yet in typical Jesus fashion, he tells us a parable. So that we could be like this lawyer and debate the definitive answer he has given for the next 2,000 years. Jesus tells the lawyers and all those around the parable of the Good Samaritan. Was I like to call it the parable of the unlikely helper. Jesus tells us about three people who come across a man who has been beaten, stripped of his clothes and money, and left for dead. A priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan walk past this man. This parable fits into the normal storytelling of the day. The audience can expect that in a series of three, the third character will break the, pat- break the pattern created by the first two. Moreover, the expected sequence would have been priest, Levite, and then Israelite. By making the hero of the story a Samaritan, Jesus challenged the long-standing enmity between Jews and Samaritans. By depicting a Samaritan as the hero of the story, Jesus demolishes all boundary expectations. Social position, race, religion, and region count for nothing. The man in the ditch, from whose perspective the story is told, will not discriminate among any potential helpers. Anyone who has compassion and stops to help is his neighbor. By naming the third character as a Samaritan, not only challenges the hearers to examine the stereotypes, stereotype regarding Samaritan, 
but it also invalidates all the stereotypes. The community can no longer see one's neighbor in the person that looks like them, acts like them, or speaks like them. Our neighbor, according to the lawyer and Jesus, is the one who showed mercy. It should be noticed that the lawyer could not even bring himself to admit that the Samaritan would be the hero of the parable. He simply says, the one who showed mercy. He tries to circumvent Jesus, but his answer provides an accurate description of a neighbor. One who shows mercy. Jesus removes race, religion, and regional boundaries of neighborliness to simply include the essential nature of what neighbors must do for each other. Show mercy. Jesus' parable shatters the stereotypes of social boundaries and class division and renders void any system of religious quid pro quo. Neighbors do things for each other and expect nothing in return. Neighbors do not recognize social class. Mercy is neither the conduct of, of calculating heart, nor is eternal life the reward for doing prescribed duties. Eternal life, the life of the age to come, is a quality of life characterized by showing mercy for those in need, regardless of their race, religion, or region, and with no thought of reward. Mercy sees only need and responds with compassion regardless of one's ability to repay the favor. For it would not be mercy if we deserved it, right? It is mercy because there is no way for us to return the favor. Part of being a disciple, my brothers and sisters, is proclaiming the kingdom of God. When Jesus sent out the 70, they were instructed to preach the kingdom. Part of preaching the kingdom is showing others what God's kingdom looks like. It looks like a place where people go out of their way to help someone they do not know. The kingdom will no longer have boundaries such as race, religion, and region to divide the people. Our job as Christians is not to judge. It's not to figure out if someone deserves our love and affection. Our job, our holy calling as Christians is to lift up the fallen, restore the broken, and heal the hurting. People of God, I want you to think long and hard this week about who is your neighbor and where you can bring God's kingdom into the world. Who needs to hear about God's kingdom in your life? Who needs to see God's kingdom in action? That's your homework this week. Preach the kingdom, bring the kingdom to your neighbor, and do not let race, religion, or region stop you from doing this work. Go and show mercy.